Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 127. I'm Killian Vina. And I'm Zoe Belil Springer. It's that time of the month again where you can catch up on anything you've missed recently. We'll discuss some of the latest Forest FM episodes, product updates, webinars and events coming up soon, and of course, everything else in between. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. So that time of the month, books have we uh <laughs> i've actually finished one you know how i was saying like i was trying to finish turn the ship around it wasn't that hard to read but i was just like trying to get back into my routine after uh, coming back from travels and stuff so yeah it's only a small little book it's a nice read mm-hmm. yeah yeah so what i do and i don't know if anyone relates to this but like i have a little morning ritual where i wake up in the morning about like 6 six thirty usually I open up a book, I read a chapter or two, three, depending. Um, and then I do a bit of meditation, a bit of yoga, and then kind of just start my day off. Um, but I hadn't really picked up a book in about a week and a half after I came back from holidays and stuff. Uh, just a bit hard to get back into a routine after that. Yeah, and also it's just really hard to kind of set some time aside to actually sit down and read a book. I was, <laughs> I was actually reading a blog recently on kind of like how to speed read and stuff and they were saying you only need to do a few pages or 15 minutes or whatever in the evening. You don't need to like physically sit down and read a full book. But I suppose I'm just kind of lazy and I prefer the audio blogs options. But come on, let's get straight back into this book. So you finished it. How did you get on with it? I actually really, really enjoyed it. And I don't know if you remember, but when I first started it, I was like, I'm usually not into like war and Navy stuff and all that. Like I actually, this is probably one of my favorite business books. So it's all about like intent-based leadership. You know this obviously, but for anyone listening, it was published in 2013. It's actually a true story of turning followers into leaders. So um, it was written by now retired US Navy captain, L. David Marquet. He actually has a website as well where you can get like leadership nudges. So you get videos through emails, I think it's every week or something, once a week, something like that. And it's just like a quick little tip video and a few questions like food for thought kind of thing on how you can implement intent-based leadership in your own business. And he seems to be quite active on Twitter too, because he actually retweeted one of your posts. He did, yeah. I was really surprised by that. Like I'm no one on Twitter, really. (laughs) But yeah, he did. Uh, But yeah, there's like three big lessons in the book. So the idea was like, obviously it's a submarine, right? So like every has to be really tight and has to a nuclear well. submarine yes uh, yeah on top of that right so everything has to be like i suppose managed with control and like you can't fail <laughs> you really can't right <laughs> so the three main lessons in there um there was one about control one about competence and the third one was about clarity the second two so competence and clarity are essentially pillars for control and his idea when he took on the submarine he took on It was one of the worst performing submarines. And uh, he had tried an experiment with a previous previous submarine team on intense-based leadership. It kind of failed. He didn't really push through it all that much. But this time around, he really, really had the support from his own managers and leaders, I suppose, to run with the experiment. But he wasn't just given the opportunity to go and do this or the support. He was still on a really, I suppose, a tight ship. He was still on a really tight deadline to do this. Oh, yeah, because they had to deploy. Yeah, yeah, like this was a completely new experiment and he was testing something new. Testing something new in the kind of industry where everything is just done because it's done this way for the past, I don't know, 
40, 50 years, you know? Um, and the chain of command becomes quite relevant of just how annoying it is to get change done. Yeah. So in the first like lesson, he talks about control. So deconstructing decision authority, push it down where the information lived. So for instance, let's relate it to the salon and spa industry. Like, so if you're looking at uh, your holiday rosters, right? If you're the one as the salon owner doing this and you're doing it for your managers, but also the people that they manage, why not give that responsibility to your manager for them to manage the holidays of the people that they manage, right? It just makes more sense. That's where the information lives. So that's that's one thing, obviously. But there's loads of mechanisms, he explains, like for control to allow this to happen in your business. It's not easy. And obviously, like he, he relates every experience to what happened on the submarine. But you can easily, like he images it a lot. So you can easily relate that to your own organization, which is why I think the book is so interesting. Like I say, the favorite things in that lesson for me was to have short and early conversations on anything because that makes efficient work. So, you know, if you're working on a project, for instance, and I relate to this a lot because obviously I, I create content and so do you, Killian. But like if you start a project and you think you're going in the right direction and your manager says, right, well, you run with it. And in a month's time, you've done all this work but you realize that yourself and the manager aren't actually aligned on what you thought that project was going to be. Now you have a full month work that's already done. It's kind of hard to backtrack and redo the whole thing. So you have very, very little opportunity to change track. Whereas if you have short and early conversations on everything, it's super easy to adjust and reiterate whatever has to be reiterated. Couldn't agree more. It's, it's like, because with me, it's creating the training content, even just doing a week's worth of work. If I've gone in at the wrong direction of what my team have kind of assumed, it's a week's worth of work absolutely wasted. So now we set up regular reviews and we're not talking like, oh, it's a meeting to sit down and go through everything. It's literally a 15 minute chat. We power through and it's like, right, looks like it's all on the right track. Keep going. So it's like top level reviewing and that kind of comes back to what my favorite bit on the lesson one control that you're talking about there mm -hmm. is something as simple as changing the language of how people I suppose like that mind shift or their mindset um to instead of can I or will I it's I intend to yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like instead of asking your team leader or your manager can you do x y and z it's instilling enough confidence in them that they'll turn around and say i intend to or i'm going to do x y and z yeah 100 percent. but for that to happen and that's what the two other big sections of the book look at you need competence so to make sure that people are actually technically competent to make the decisions that they're making and also clarity so that everyone in the salon or your organization clearly and completely understands what your organization is about and what it stands for. And when you have both of those things, that's when you can actually delegate more control to other people in your team. Some of my favorite things in each of those two lessons, the first one around competence was actually the statement of the, the creed for the ship. So it's just like a series of questions. So what do we do? Why do we do this? How do we serve the, the Navy? And it's just, it just highlights the whole philosophy of the ship and the team and why they're doing what they're doing. 
in a way that it could be shared around to, you know, top level Navy officers. It could be shared around to people coming in uh, and applying to be, you know, uh, on the crew or whatever. And everybody has a really clear understanding of what they're doing and why. It's keeping everyone on the same journey, like. Yeah, 100%. It's like us with our values. It's like every time we want to implement something new or make change, we have to revert back to our values and go, is this what we stand for? Is this aligned with that? It's funny you say that because this book is actually one of uh, Rob. Head of operations. Yeah, head of operations. We had him on the show with Ronan around December, late December. It's one of his favorite books. And it just, I think it does resonate quite a bit with what we do in Forest. And you know how I said there was two things that I really, really took from those two lessons. The other thing was achieve excellence. Don't just avoid mistakes or errors. It's so easy when you have procedures in place. Um, Clarity. Yeah, clarity, but it's just so easy to, when you have those procedures, to just go on autopilot and just try to avoid any errors. And then when that's your focus in your head or your team's focus in their head um, to avoid like, oh, I won't do this because I don't want to possibly make a mistake here. You're never going to reach excellence because you're not evaluating what you could do better. You're just trying to go through the day and exactly that, avoid any error. I suppose people are so afraid of failure um, that when failure happens, they end up beating themselves up. And that's a kind of a situation they don't want to go through, which is funny because I was actually talking to someone from our engineering department uh, about a blog that was put up recently about it's it's not kind of so much about the failure, but it's how you react to that failure. So what are you going to do from there on? How do you mm-hmm. like prevent that from happening the next time? Or what have you learned from it? Like, how did your team deal with that there and then? Did everyone start beating each other up or, or blaming each other or passing the book? Or did you all gel together and find a solution? I think it's time we probably moved away from the book because we've covered so much of it now that people are probably thinking they don't need to get the book anymore, but I would still recommend they do. Um, And I was at you for ages to read that book. I know, I know. (laughs) So the next stage of this episode, we're going to talk about our latest feature or product development. So as our newest feature is more than just a feature, it's nearly a whole product in itself. We've decided to bring in um, one of our product managers here at Forest, Enda Glacken, to actually discuss discuss the latest feature or product. So welcome to the show, Enda. Thanks, Killian. This is your first time on Forest, isn't it? It's my first time, yeah. Yeah, and we were just talking there earlier about how you need to get your headshot and how we have to jazz this all up for Instagram, get a little bio going for you. It's the first of many for you. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, finally, I was waiting for the invitation for months. We get that a lot. (laughs) So, Enda, what do you have for us today? Like, first and foremost, for our listeners that don't yet necessarily have the branded app or aren't Forest client, like what are we talking about here? Yeah, the Salon branded app is basically an app that sits on your client's phone. So it could be an Android, could be Apple, and it basically is is customized to look like it's from your salon. Uh, and it sits on your client's phones and allows them to make a booking into your salon very easily. Um, it has a few other features such as, you know, you can view the staff, you can view their profiles and you can look at your appointment history. So little little add-ons like that. But the main thing is uh, it allows your clients to easily book into your salon. So Enda, we're talking about the salon branded app, but we've had the salon branded app for quite a few years. So why are we discussing it today? Sure. So we're just about to relaunch this the new salon branded app. And that's uh, the reason we are relaunching it is because it's actually about four years old. 
at this point. So it's a little bit outdated, maybe design-wise. So we wanted to refresh it, look at uh, areas we could improve, and release something uh, a little bit more cutting edge and up to up to standards. So you know how Force is always keen to get feedback from clients, like we have the user voice section on the Force product. What does the redesign or the feature design process look like for the app? Is it the same kind of idea? Did you go and visit clients or did you guys just lock yourself in a room and just come up with the best design? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, actually. So the main thing is to talk to clients as much as possible for feedback. So what we did was we looked on user voice. We saw what are the common uh, issues that uh, our our clients, salon owners are reporting in relation to the apps and uh, taking that into account. And then we'd mock some new designs up. Then we would visit salons and get some feedback on those new designs. And sometimes we'd miss and where the salon owner would say, well, that's not actually going to solve it. We'd go back and we'd iterate and iterate and we'd try and get it right. And then uh, we'd continually kind of improve on designs with feedback from salon owners. So that's more or less um, in terms of getting feedback. But another part of that is using data uh, so we have access to the data on the current apps, so we could dig in and find some insights uh, to use in the new design process. Uh, one example that jumps to mind is with the new calendar. So when a client is booking in on the app and they go to the calendar, we know by the data that 55% of them book in the next seven days. And in relation to the calendar, this means that we could prioritize showing a week view over a month view. Uh, so that that's an example of using data in design uh, for the new salon branded apps. So it's essentially just monitoring how people use it, I suppose, now and how to kind of adapt to that. Yeah, that's right. So you want to be continuously kind of looking uh, at how people are using the apps and catering to that use uh, in the new designs. So you're optimizing. I think one really interesting example of how you did the feedback that stood out was, didn't um, someone from our data team and our design team literally just walk out onto a street to get feedback? They did. That's absolutely correct. So our designer, uh, Rich, and our UX researcher, Verna, they took uh, some mock-ups and instead of going to salon owners, we went to end users. In other words, trying to get regular people who would use salon apps out on the streets and they went down to the uh, boardwalk in Dublin and they just approached random people, I think about 10 people, and uh, asked them for their feedback on mockups. And surprisingly, it got a very good reception and people were more than happy to give us great feedback. So it's another tool in the arsenal for design feedback. Gorilla feedback, they called it. Absolutely. Yeah, Gorilla Feedback. Um, so basically, the salon branded apps are interesting because you need to get feedback from salon owners and salon staff. And then you also need to get um, feedback from the salon uh, end users. Mm. So another example of this is when we went to visit a salon in Dublin and we were able to talk with the salon staff and owner, but also uh, bring the app mock-up to people sitting in the the stylist chairs and while they were getting their hair done we were able to get their feedback on uh, on the new design so that was killing two birds with one stone and, and we were able to get both sides of the fence in terms of feedback so very very useful 
very useful indeed. So what changes can we see in the new app compared to the old one? Like I know the Forest product uh, in whole is moving more towards web-based and we can launch new features way faster. Is this going to be the same kind of idea with the app? Absolutely. So the there's two major changes, uh, the design and development. For development, we've chosen a brand new tech stack called React Native, and this will allow us to release features much, much quicker, much, much easier. Um, so that was the first uh, priority. The second priority is a redesign where we would, you know, as we mentioned before, we would look to improve and learn from the existing apps and apply that to a new app. And so the main focus for this new salon branded apps was to get the same kind of features on the existing apps on a new design, new technology. And then from the launch of the new apps, we'll be able to release features much, much faster uh, and much, much uh, better than before. So other than kind of design, uh, layout, feature stuff like those, does this integrate with Forest at all or is it a standalone product? One of the common um, pieces of feedback we got from salon owners was that they'd like to have a little bit more control over the apps. And on top of that, when they did request any changes, there was a little bit of a process involved. So what we've done is tried to make this as easy as possible and integrated the new apps into Forest itself. So there will be an app section in the Forest uh, software where a salon owner or manager can go in and change the you know branding styling of the app and we'll look to build uh, a lot more into that section so the salon owners actually kind of have more control of how their app will look and feel essentially absolutely and same with image libraries is that pretty straightforward then to upload absolutely so you can just upload uh, an image and it will update immediately uh, on the apps uh, you can change your color uh, one thing we're looking to release in the coming months is a choice of uh, themes or brands um, where you'll go into the app section and be able to change the layout or theme of your app. So you'll have huge control over how it looks and feels. So obviously that's a massive benefit of using the Salon branded app. If you had to convince a salon owner of the importance of getting a, an app for their clients, what would you say would be the three main things? First one by far is just having branded real estate on your client's phone. So that that's your salon icon and your, your salon branding right there on your client's phones is just invaluable. Um, that's number one for me. The second one is the clients can easily make a booking or uh, rebook a previous appointment with, you know, three taps. Uh, that's incredible, incredibly easy to book back into your salon. And the last one uh, is it allows you to kind of bring a sense of the salon uh, branding experience into your clients' daily lives. So, you know, you can show, uh, bring to life your staff, update their staff bios and images, um, notify them of special offers, these kind of kind of value adds. So I think those probably are the top three. I think while it has loads of cool features and integrated forest, I have to agree with you on if you go to book flights, you probably have Skyscanner. Even just get food, you usually use like Uber Eats or Just Eat. Taxis, my taxi are free now. It's just, it's that kind of association where you just, I want to get my hair done or I want to get my tan and the app is there front and center. Mm -hmm. It's very important for, for salons to have branding and control their brand. And you, you can't get better than, you know, everyone is on smartphones these days. 
and to have a piece of the the real estate on some of your clients' phones is is huge. It's absolutely huge. So, Enda, thanks so much for taking the time to walk us through this. When can Forest users see this released? Do you have any dates just yet? Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, the whole team is is um, focused on getting this into our salon owners' hands. Um, so we're busy um, busy preparing uh, for the rollout. Um, we'll be rolling out from August and September. So over the coming months, coming couple of months, you you should have the the new app. You'll get an, a notification that we've updated your app, and we'll probably provide you some materials so you can promote the app. Uh, on your social media uh, or email great stuff well listen thanks so much for joining us on the show and and can't wait to hear about what new developments you have in a couple of months time thanks guys so you guys are used to this our next segment is all about the previous forest fm episodes so the episodes that have aired in july this time around and we have more than usual because july actually had five mondays instead of just four so I, I suppose just on that note, then, do you want to kick it off with the first episode we had this month? So yeah. Sure. So the first episode we aired was with a guest that we had on the show back in January, David Lindy, and also Gail Fulbright, uh, both from Headlines the Salon in California. And they were talking about online reputation management and playing nice with Yelp. The subject came from the talk that they had done at Data Driven in Atlanta recently. And uh, the episode really highlights their experiences with online rep, outlines tips on how to attract new clients, but also getting existing clients to leave more reviews, I suppose. To give you a bit of a taster for the episode, we'll play a few snippets here. Responding to bad reviews and turning them around is kind of like a game for me. But if you really listen to what they're saying and you can make a positive change in your business and then have them come back and write a positive review, that's that's golden, you know? And you as a consumer reading that, it kind of says, this business cares. You know, your reviews, so to speak, your page on Instagram better match up with what the public says with Google and Yelp, or else who do you believe? I think it's a it's it's like a social media tool as well because you can talk back and forth. Right now, millennials and Gen Zs are big for the hair industry. And the last, I'm going to say, last three interviews that I just had, I said, "How did you hear about us?" They go, "Oh, well, I saw you on um, Instagram. I checked out your Yelp, and then I checked out your website." After I checked out the website, I went deeper and checked out a stylist. You almost need to have all three connect and speak the same language. But it has been huge with us attracting new talent. And the next episode we had was episode 124 with Rachel Ringwood on breaking the barrier of mental, physical and spiritual health as a hairstylist. And this was a really interesting episode because Rachel really opened up about her experience and why she was talking about this topic. But it rings true because especially in the last few years, um, we would have heard of this term of hustling. Gary Vaynerchuk's infamous for this hustle, hustle, hustle. And I think everyone has been so wrapped up in that they have to be hustling 24-7 that 
they nearly forget, which is kind of funny because then on the flip side, we've got everyone else talking about mindfulness. But with this hustle thing, we kind of forget to actually take a step back and take care of ourselves. I suppose everyone feels like they're in a race against time to learn as much as they can and do as much as they can before they, they hit 30. It's like I remember my parents, kind of that old attitude of like, you have to have everything organized by the time you're 30. You got to be at the top of your career path, you know, house, family, everything. And now I'm 28 and I'm looking at it going, no, I'm so far away from it. But I've kind of learned to take that step back where a lot of other people, and it, this is what happened to Rachel, of just constantly on it, that the fire is always burning. And unfortunately, the candles ended up burning on both sides for Rachel. So I don't want to get too much into this episode because it is actually quite uplifting and inspirational, like how Rachel flipped her life upside down, essentially, for the better. Um, so yeah, without giving any more information on this, I think it's best left to Rachel to talk about. So here's just a few snippets of that episode. Nowadays, we can work from home, we can work 24 hours, and we won't give ourselves a break because we're the hustler mentality, you know? There are ways to preserve your body, preserve your strength, your mentality, your energy. Like, how do we figure that out? And that's when I realized I was like, okay, nobody is really talking about this. And then I just started doing it more for myself and then realized how important all of it comes together. Your mental, your emotional, your physical and spiritual or whatever, you know, like you have to be in tune with yourself before you give everything to your client. I always say we do not want our body to burn out before our passion does because I would be heartbroken and it made me heartbroken when I couldn't do hair for a few months. I feel like this movement or whatever I'm trying to do, I wanna just share my story and I want other people to be comfortable sharing their stories and for all of us to kind of come together and bring this unity together of that hairstylists are powerful people and we have the ability to make people feel beautiful outside, but why aren't we trying to educate them on the inside health too? And then on the back of that, we had episode 125 with Professor Denise Baden on sustainability and motivating eco-friendly behaviors in the salon industry. So in 2012, Professor Denise Baden was awarded funds and got to work on a sustainability project. And following the success of that, she has now been working with organizations to actually further embed sustainability into the industry's practices. So on this episode, she'll be talking about, you know, ways to motivate eco-friendly behaviors. Like I said, you know, that whole idea, and you've, you've brought that up in that episode of like, it's a really cool thing that you start with and then a couple of weeks down the line, everybody stops taking those good habits. So how to motivate and get staff to keep on going with these habits uh, and even yourself if you have a hard time keeping at it and include more sustainable solutions in the industry altogether. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed doing that episode because um, my bathroom has essentially completely changed since doing that episode and I did not expect to get that result. Like, Did you get your roommates to listen to the episode and everybody changed their habits? Well, they haven't listened to it yet, but we have cut down on the bottles. Like, I have removed all the bottles and I'm doing the bars of soap. I have the talcum powder. Like, they seem like really, really small changes, but... I, I just kind of feel like if everyone did that, yeah, then like it would be such a big impact. But I think I just thought it was interesting that like this episode is for salon owners, and then here's me, a non-salon owner, making these changes in the house, <laughs> even doing the washes on the thirty degrees instead of like the sixty and the ninety degrees, yeah. and hanging more clothes outside. Now that's more because we've got a lovely heat wave in Ireland here at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I think it's just like now I'm really conscious of everything in the house. It's great. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great. So guys, this one is actually a topic that I hold very close to heart. So a few snippets here and hopefully you do listen to the full episode. Hairdressers probably use more electricity and chemicals and waste than most other industries. And they also talk to more people um, than probably most other occupations. So they're really well placed to make substantial savings in their carbon footprint, but also advise their clients on how they can make savings. Heating water is the most energy intensive thing that goes on in hairdressing salons. Reducing the amount of hot water reduced energy bills. It reduced water bills. It's better for clients' hair because neither the planet nor your bills nor your hair actually like an awful lot of hot water or chemicals going through them. There's a kind of silent demand from clients. Not many will openly say, I want you to you know, be more environmentally friendly with my hair care. You go to your hairdresser to be pampered, but you can also go to be educated. And one of the pieces of research I've done found that one of the main motivations for hairdressers getting engaged in this was they want to feel like professionals. I think it's a misunderstanding that to be eco-friendly, you have to spend more money. In fact, usually it's the reverse. I think if you're not on top of it, you're not going to be in tune with, with your customers. And finally, we have episode 126 with Billy Rickman on the mindset of the New Age Salonpreneur. The New Age Salonpreneur is such a really catchy title. Um, so this came off the back of an ebook that we got off Billy. Really interesting ebook. If I was to put this down into two terms, because I think it's an episode that, well, I think all of our episodes should be listened to. But this was a, it was a really cool episode. If it was to boil down to two things, it's essentially spend less time behind a chair and spend more time on the business. It's where you can actually create a sustainable future for your business, like create a legacy. Otherwise, you're going to spread yourself thin. You're going to be constantly stressed, tired, frustrated, maybe all of those things together, <laughs> flat out anyways, just to stay ahead of the curve. Well, I mean, like, it's not easy running any business by all means. So let alone running a business and also being one of the key, I suppose, skill sets as well. So like actually providing services and treatments. How do you manage your marketing? How do you manage your books, your staff rosters, everything on top of also providing services and treatments? It's just like that kind of ties it back to the episode with Rachel, where you're essentially going to burn out or just like really struggle to scale your salon. So featuring Australia-based business coach Billy Rickman, who's also the founder of Salon Growth Con, anyone based in Australia may probably have heard of this uh, this June. Um, here are the few snippets from this episode and uh, disclaimer, be ready for a pinch of tough love a bit. Shift in mindset. Yeah, it's a good kicking. Salonpreneurs are people who fundamentally see their business as a business first and they see the technical side of it second. As a business owner, as a salonpreneur, you should be focusing all of your time firstly on the business and the business development. And then secondly, if you have time, then keep up to date with the technical side. We live in, a, in an era where we're, we're connected more to more devices and more platforms than any other time in human history. Yet we feel more disconnected and disenfranchised with society than ever before in history. And so how do you bridge that gap? Well, you have to be vulnerable. You have to show that you are a human being. You have to show that you're not perfect. You have to show that you're, you know, you, you do things wrong. And so having a personal brand that people can actually connect to will allow people to want to do business with you more. 
you can't have a finger in both pies. You either commit to being what we've discussed here, like a salonpreneur, and you go, right, I'm all in as a business owner now on the business. Or you say, no, I love cutting hair. I don't want to get out from behind the chair. I'm going to go all in and stay as a hairdresser. But either way, you have to have someone who fills the other role. Okay, so so far we've covered the new feature development with Enda. We've just discussed our Forest FM episodes. And usually we talk about blogs here, but you've got something a little different for us. Yes, I do actually. So we were reworking the way that we uh, produce blog content. We're going to be looking into way more localized content. So, you know, say for example, if you've been on the the blog recently, you might have seen an online reputation article. Instead of having this one article, you have now localized versions of it. So um, in Australia, you have a version for that with maybe, you know, an extra case study on how someone in the salon industry has dealt with online reputation, how it's worked really well for them. Then you'll have the same structure of the the blog, but with something a little different for the US and same for our different markets that Forrest is in. And the idea is to give you more um, valuable content. So we're reworking this this whole process, so we'll have a, a bit more of a structured way of doing this. So for this monthly roundup, I'm going to be talking about webinars instead, because we actually have three, and they're all very new. Um, so the first one we have is about finances, and it's uh, for UK and Ireland, the numbers that matter the most. So this webinar is with salon accountant Gloria Murray. You would know her from the blog. And she's going to be going through the most impactful places of salon growth. So over the course of this webinar, it's an hour long, you'll be creating a one-page financial document and that'll detail exactly where your key expenses, profits and opportunities lie. So um, it's not to miss. It's on Monday, August 5th at 11am UK Ireland time. And before I go any further with any of these webinars, all the links will be in the show's notes. So next we have another financial webinar. However, this time it's with US business coach Steve Gomez. He spoke at the summit. He's all about financial fitness. And this webinar is titled Six Ways to Increase Profitability. So every salon and spa owner opens their business with the goal of being financially free. But for many, achieving and maintaining that profitability can be quite difficult, even elusive. This hour-long webinar is going to help you better understand, track, improve upon nuances of cash flow management and also managing KPIs, so key performance indicators, uh, which will eventually support you and help you increase your bottom line profit. This webinar is taking place a little earlier, so it's uh, Wednesday, July 31st. It's at 2.30 p.m. East Coast US, so Eastern Time. And if you're looking for a bit more of an insight into you know, Steve Gomez's coaching style or who he is, he's on episode 107 and 112, talking about interdependent leadership, but also listening to what your salon's numbers are uh, telling you and coaching accordingly. Finally, for our third webinar, because I did say there was three, um, this one is taking place uh, specifically for Australia, and it's all about salon stock and budget. So here's the idea. Like oftentimes you can feel like there's a the, there's a hole in your stock and your retail game. Like you're looking to, you know, stop your inventory budget from pouring down the drain. This is what we're going to be tackling in this session with Carl Keeley, educator and creative director of the multi-award winning Chumba Concepts Hair Salon. You'll be looking at stock management and budgets. So how to take control of your inventory, how to smash your retail targets. And this is 
definitely not one to miss if you're struggling with retail. Carl is very well known um, for this side of the business. And this webinar is taking place, again, it's an hour long. It's taking place on Monday, August 12th at 11 a.m. And this time it's Melbourne time. So again, for any information for sign up to any of these three webinars, they're all free, by the way. You don't have to be a Forest client to sign up for them. You simply go into our show's episodes notes and uh, you can have the links there to sign up. And then you'll get an email confirmation with the link to join on the day. Thinking of switching salon software companies, but fear the migration process? How long will it take? What happens to my staff and clients' details or my roster? Look, when you sign up for Forest Salon Software, it's our mission to transfer your data from your previous provider smoothly and safely onto your new one, us. Manage, market, and grow your business with Forest Salon Software. Visit forest.com for more details. And then finally, we have our Inside Forest segment. So let's kick it off with the Forest Academy, which is our new online one-stop education shop. Forest Academy is an online learning portal. It's full of fun, interactive and bite-sized self-taught training courses covering each and every area of your forest system. So we have courses up there for getting started with forests. So if you have a new staff member and they've never even heard of forest or never looked at the screen, they can do their training modules through that without needing an online instructor. They can download the courses on their phone and just learn in their own time. We have products and inventory, and then we have a series on Forest Pay, Forest Go, and growing your own business. So things like how to take bookings online and I suppose retain clients, so customer loyalty. Um, and most importantly, you can get the Forest Academy certificate for each course. So if you are interested in getting set up on Forest Academy, email forestacademy at forest.com. And then quick reminder before we wrap up this episode, the Salon Owner Summit 2020, the flagship event in Dublin, the tickets are still on sale. You can request a callback for that. And of course, we will finish it off with the Salon Mentorship Hub, which is a place to connect, as you know. So whatever you're struggling with in the salon, if you want a different perspective on that matter, on that issue, whatever it is, we've teamed up with industry coaches and consultants, and you can book yourself in for a free 15 to 30 minute consultation on a topic of your choosing all you have to do is head over to salonmentors.forest.com and fill out your details and you'll get an email explaining how to go about it next. And well, that's all we got for this week, guys. So as always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions, send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We genuinely love feedback and are always looking for ways to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.